I find it very distasteful. Well, howdy doody, Michelle. <laughs> uh, howdy doody, partner. <laughs> oh, here we are again, the giggling Gerties. Say that she so did mine. My sister and I, giggling Gerties. She'd also have these little sayings. She'd say, "Oh, hello, sausage, you silly sausage." I call my children sausages at the moment, and piggies, piglets, and piggies. Oh, that's cute. Mum always used to say, "Hello, blossom, hello, blossom." Oh, bloss. Oh, little blossy. Oh, little Bloss. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in years. <laughs> oh, How are you? Cute. Well, I'm good. I'm good. I've got something to tell you. What? <laughs> Tamira, she's been very busy. The modern, modern mystic, she has been busy. Busy, busy, busy. Is she a busy? I was going to say she's busy in bee, lockdown. but busy and... Busy moth. Busy moth. You know, she gave us those wonderful readings last time. I know, I know. She's On the moths of the ants. And guess what I've just been doing, Michelle? What? Murdering moths. They're still coming. I told you it's like a sport now. They're still coming. I'm not enjoying the sport. I am over it as a sport. I'd rather play softball. I'd rather go hula hooping (laughs) or something. Or would you rather be drinking... Oh, yes. A very large glass of red wine, which I'm sorry if anyone hears clinking, I have. Clinking. <laughs> and if, if anyone hears hiccuping, that's Michelle. I'm on water. Oh, look at you. You're so, you're so good, aren't you? I really All right, am. so tell me. Well, tell me, t- tell me. Okay, Tamira sent me a photo of something. It wasn't attractive, Michelle. It looked like a poo on legs, to be honest. It was called a tardigrade. Have you ever heard of that? This is one for Neil, the no. scientist. Okay. He'll be interested in this. It's a creature that lives both on Earth and in space, Michelle. Is this a fake creature or no, a it's real, real creature? It's real. It's like tiny, what? tiny. In 2019, Israeli spacecraft Bearsheet or Bereshit, I don't know how you pronounce that, crashed on the moon. What's okay. it doing going to the moon? What's an Israeli spacecraft going doing going to the moon? They're going. Don't They're give off. me those eyes. I don't know what <laughs> Don't <they're>... give <laughs> me that eyes. I'm just telling you, the Americans did not go there in 1969. <laughs> well, the Israelis are going there in 2019, it says here. They crashed on the moon, crashed on the moon, spilling. And they survived. Well, I don't know about them, but I do know that their tardigrades that had been packed by scientists, such as Neil, thousands of them <laughs> dehydrated. They'd all been sent up by these scientists along with samples of human DNA. Why? I mean, this is more concerning than the story I'm telling you, to be honest. Hang on. So Israeli astronauts yes. put tardigrades on and, the moon. And human DNA in a spaceship and it crashed on the moon only two years ago in 2019. How unusual. That's more of a story really, isn't it? But why did this not make headlines? Well, I don't know, Michelle. Some things don't make headlines, do they? No, it's true. It's all COVID. COVID this, COVID that, COVID, COVID rubbish. I'm sick of COVID. But anyway, these tardigrades were dormant and shriveled up. Don't laugh, they're real. Shriveled up into a ball and had expelled most of the water in their bodies. And they're tiny, tiny. They lowered their metabolism until a more suitable life-sustaining environment occurred. And that's what they do. They can exist like this for decades and are so hardy they can withstand sub-zero temperatures. Have you ever heard of them? They're known as, they're known as water bears. 
and they have eight limbs and exhibit a strange alien-like behavior. No, I have never heard of this. Well, Google it. Samira, I'm going to have to research, a.k.a. Googling. Yes. They're everywhere. So they're all over the world, in the mountains, in the sea. They can survive being in space vacuums where other species would be ripped apart by radiation from supernova, the sun, or other sources of radiation. Neil will know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Their one weakness is extreme heat, especially when in their desiccated state. I love the fact that they're desiccated. It reminds me of an iced bobo. It does, (laughs) doesn't it? coconut ice. (laughs) Those wonderful biscuits. But it's only if it's a sudden increase of heat. That's when they they struggle to survive because they can survive pressures similar to those created by asteroids hitting Earth. So a small space crash on the moon is a piece of cake. Okay. Some people think they're extraterrestrial, but scientists like Neil believe they evolved (laughs) this way to survive water shortages, which we may be looking at in the near future, Michelle. It feels like it's already end of days. Bloody hell. It does feel like end of days and it feels like water shortages have been Uh in Australia ever since I've been alive. That's right. Put your bath water on your pot plants. They desiccate themselves when there's no water, as without it, they can't function. They do nothing, roll up into a little dry ball, and they do nothing until their environment improves, possibly for up to a century, Michelle, waiting for rain, despite the fact that they only live for a few weeks or even a few months. So what, they just go into like a weird hibernation? Yeah, they just desiccate and they just into a little crispy ball. And they're not big. They're not like guinea pig size. They're, They're like microscopic. Hang on. So, do you remember when you were a kid and you would get Archie comics? Oh, I loved Archie. And they had the ads for the... (laughs) the, Space um, monkeys. Space monkeys. monkeys. Sea monkeys, sorry. Not space monkeys. I know. I said space monkeys, but you're right. Sea monkeys. But I don't even know what they were. But basically... The cartoon illustrations of a sea monkey were so exciting. I wanted to save up all my... That's what they are. They have to just be. Just add water. Water just bears. add water. They have to be. That's a tardigrade. This is, what I'm, this is what I'm saying. Oh, well done, Michelle. You figured it out. Up there for thinking, <laughs> down there for dancing. And in my mouth for this red wine. Oh, my God. Get it down, yeah. So these tardigrades in their desiccated state mean that they can essentially cryogenically freeze themselves and not age at all. So scientists... Can I have that, please? ...such as Neil want to study them so we can send humans on long journeys into deep space. Isn't that wonderful? We've got our own modern mystic on board. We've got all those wonderful researchers. Yes. We've got a hashtag man and we've got a scientist on the team. Seriously. Team eavesdropping. Team eavesdropping. Ruling (laughs) space. Space. Ruling space. And hashtags. (laughs) So that's my little story I wanted to hit you with, well, today, Michelle. Well, thank you. Thank you to Tamira and thank you to you. What, What incredible, amazing thing. Basically, sea monkeys. I reckon you're right. Yes. Really? That's what I think because I think... Tardigrades. They probably dehydrated deliberately these weird little things yeah. so they could be popped in the post because yeah. you could only buy them in America. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. You had to send away your money. Actually, you had to get some kind of money order coupon, pop it in an envelope, and then hope for the best. In the ad, in the Archie comic, they there was a little family. They sat there with their... <gasps> with crowns little, on. With the crowns on and the facial expressions. They had a... Tri- a what's that called? A triton? 
the yes, three pronged fork. Yes, they did. Yes. So it was a little bit misleading. Yeah, because they didn't look like that. No, I wanted a sea monkey with a crown and a triton. That's what I wanted. And I'm sure what you got was some shit that made your fish tank go green. I can just see you hurling the packet of dried tardigrades (laughs) across the room. That's not what I wanted. I did not order this. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) So, Moosh, have you got any stories for me today? Well, yes, because today we are responding to a request from Stephanie of Sydney, a.k.a. my sister. Stephanie of Sydney. Yes. She just wished me a happy birthday and she hoped that the brown lemonades were flowing. I assured her <laughs> that they were. Oh, bless. Yes, I'm sure you had more than just the brown lemonade. I did. No, she has been asking for an episode on strange addictions. What does she mean? What does she mean do you by know, that? Do you know what? What she means is a few years ago <laughs> when I was in Sydney and we'd had a few brown lemonades, aka gin and tonics, <laughs> it was late night television and we were just knocking back the booze, flipping through channels. That's good. That's a good time. It is a good time with yeah. your sister on the sofa late at night. It was fun. She's got a, a TV the size of a small football pitch. Well, they all do in Australia. I know. They all love a big TV. I think they've got space. Oh. We don't have space over in the UK. So she has this big TV flipping through all the shit channels. Yeah. What do we come across? A show called My Strange Addiction. Oh. Not Dr. Pimple Popper. That's the last time you were over. You and my husband sitting, sitting up watching Dr. Pimple Popper. Steph I, loves it. She gets the girls are watching Dr. Pimple Popper. They love like it. I honestly, I love, I love squeezing a spot. I love watching all oozing the spots. Come out. I love people like trying to get it popped and it all coming. Yeah, I know it's her material, but I do love it. Maybe that's my weird. That's addiction. your strange addiction. Maybe, maybe. I remember an ex-boyfriend. We've talked about him before on this show. <laughs> I. He he would allow me to have a little squeeze every now and again. God, I loved it. <laughs> I, I can see your face. <laughs> I'm sorry. I find it very distasteful. No, I love it. I, I, it's a grooming thing. And I love it. I, I squeeze myself. I squeeze others. Honestly, if you were here, I would, I would give you a squeeze too. Anyway. I don't want to be squeezed. My husband, I think he's coming in for a gentle caress and then I suddenly get this awful squeeze. <laughs> He's given me cysts before from all the squeezing. No. Oh, he did. No. Do you know what? It's love. I think that's another way of expressing love. Anyway, moving on. I don't want your your face. face. (laughs) Anyway, so we we had some great nights watching... um, my Strange Addiction. Okay. Oh, it's a series. It's a series. And so here are, these are basically, I mean, I scour the internet looking for Strange Addictions. The only ones are basically from this show. So to Steph, I'm sorry if you have actually like, She's seen you know it all. about these cases. But I'm first of all, I'm going to start up by talking about Carrie, who's 53 from Colorado. And she drinks and bathes in her own piss. <laughs> <laughs> Straight in there. Hang on. Trigger warning. Do we need a trigger oh, yes, warning? Sorry. Trigger, trigger, trigger oh, warning. God. Trigger warning. Warning. Trigger warning. Look out. Trigger. Oh my goodness. Warning. Chips. Brace yourself, Mavis. 
So, you know, it's it's quite shocking because you see this woman, she's 53. I think she looks more like 63. She hasn't aged well. So I was going to ask because I know that actresses like Sarah Miles, who's an old, older who? English actress, you don't know who she is. They uh, were famed in the 60s and 70s for bathing in their, well, washing their face in their first, the first urine of the day. And that apparently keeps them young. But I'm not sure that it did. I have a friend who used to do it. Oh, really? And do mm. they look young? They do. But Are you talking, are you talking friend in inverted commas, a.k.a. No. you? No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, my friend <laughs> i may have inadvertently inadvertently drunk pp as you know because oh, you God, were there I, d- I was there lafey let it rip straight in your mouth no i don't know what you're talking about you were changing life and it just went bleh, straight in the mouth i don't recall that i remember that what i'm talking about is standing in my kitchen and <gasps> oh. and there was a bottle of what looked like apple juice called you know, the brand of apple juice. It was a bottle of apple juice. I was really hot. I'd been working. I opened Thirsty. <laughs> I opened it. No, you were there. I opened it and I drank it. It was warm and it didn't taste right or feel right in my mouth. And I said, oh my God, Michelle, I don't know what that is. Don't you remember this? Yes, I do. I said, I don't know what that was. Oh my God, that's wrong. And I spat it out and you were like, we tried smelling it and everything and it didn't really smell of wee. <laughs> it was very shocking. Later we found out it was my husband had peed in the bottle. Why pee in an apple juice bottle? Because it just... It's cruel. It is mean. It's mean. It's mean. I do remember this. I actually remember many bottles of piss hanging around (laughs) various living rooms at various times. We'll say no more about that. Anyway. (laughs) So Carrie, 53 from Colorado... She says she loves drinking her own piss and she drinks it like she's in a beer drinking contest. Oh, my God. And they actually – and look, I actually watched this. Did they show it? Yeah, she's chugging it back. Chugging it back. A yellow lemonade. (laughs) And she says it's easier to drink than water. Oh, I mean, and she's drinking it all down, seriously. Now, it started as just one glass in the morning and she says – she said, I like warm pee. It's comforting. So – she likes it fresh. And okay. this isn't just splashing it on your face. You know, she... She's drinking she, it. Yeah. Like, and she bathes in it as well. She, well, yes. She... So she... It started off as one glass. Now she drinks five glasses a day. And the thing is, the first time she drank it, she didn't throw up. So she thought, great, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> so, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> and more than that... She says she likes the way it smells and it depends on what she eats. And now, because sometimes it tastes salty, sometimes she says it tastes (laughs) like champagne and there's there's actually a a shot of her and she's drinking and she's, honestly, she's actually got a fantastic voice and she says something like, "Mm, (laughs) mmm, maybe a little lemony. (laughs) So... I'm sorry, I shouldn't be connoisseur. laughing. It's really, she's, oh, she God. really is like a connoisseur. It's like a fine wine, you know. It has top notes. She oh can, you know, gosh. taste bits and pieces in it. Actually, Bits and pieces? Michelle! Anyway. Anyway. Lumps. So, so. Bits and pieces. But the interesting thing is that she says, 
There are things that she doesn't eat anymore that she absolutely loves because she doesn't like the way it tastes in her piss. So she's actually sort of limiting her food intake because she doesn't enjoy it as much going in as she wants to enjoy it when it comes out. Far out. Yeah. So like what? Asparagus. Yeah, she said asparagus is too strong. Yeah, Yeah. all that sort of thing. All the strong things. What else comes out? Beetroot. That does tend to taint your pee, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, it does. Because I've actually had worrying moments where I've looked in the bowl and gone, why the fuck is my pee red? And it's just because you've eaten a lot of beetroot. Yes. So anyway, this series goes on to talk to Carrie's daughters who... Are worried about her. They're worried about her drinking this amount you of think? piss. Yeah. However, I'm I'm gonna talk about why Carrie isn't so crazy. Okay. Because it started her drinking her own piss started when she was It started with a piss. <laughs> Hot chocolate. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. Do do carry on, Michelle. I'll try not to interrupt. <laughs> it's not hot chocolate. She started drinking her own piss when she was diagnosed with cancer. Oh. So she was diagnosed with malignant melanoma stage three. And they took out sixteen lymph nodes and found cancer in three of them. Crazy. And they told her that if she had chemo the best outcome she could hope for was that she would have a year to live. So she got online, did her research and decided not to do chemo. And instead she turned to what's called urine therapy. Okay. Yeah. So this is why she's drinking her own piss. Four years later, she's still alive, Mm. no chemo and still drinking her own wee to fight the cancer. So she didn't. She didn't need chemotherapy. Nope. And her cancer is still there, but it's not growing anymore. And she's fine. She's managing her cancer. Now, this episode was from I think twenty thirteen, and I looked for follow ups to see if she died or not. Mm-hmm. Don't know. There's been no follow up. So sorry about that. However, at the time, she had survived. Four years more than what, well, three years more than what they told her because she was doing this piss therapy. It's a bit of a would you rather situation though, isn't it, Michelle? It is. I think that's really brave. I think it's really brave for somebody to say, fuck it, I'm not doing chemo. I'm going to go for this alternative therapy because Mm -hmm. I believe I'm going to live longer by drinking my own piss. Do what you've got to do. Yep. But the thing is, she's never been to a doctor to discuss what drinking piss is doing to her. And the thing is, she doesn't just drink it. So she brushes the teeth with it. So she dips a toothbrush into it and she doesn't use toothpaste. (laughs) She just brushes her piss. What colour are her teeth? Well, she says she thinks it brightens her teeth from the inside out. And to be fair, she didn't have yellow gnashes. Like they they looked all right. So Wow. Now she uses it like a toner on her face and there's this there's this shot of her with her hands in the piss. She's rubbing it all over her face, really massaging it into all the like, you know, points on her face. And then she she dips her hands back into the piss and then she runs it through her hair because she says it she thinks it helps stimulate her hair. And then... How does she look? How does her hair look? 
Actually, she's got a fine head of hair. Okay. Just her face looks a little haggard. But, you oh. know, she is, what, 53? Not that no, that's old. No, she's not. I thought <laughs> you said she was 65. No, she's 53. Uh, oh, she looks 65. She looks 65. Right. So she adds aged urine to her bath. So I guess oh. she just pisses in a bottle, a oh. little like your husband did, <laughs> and ages it in, in a in an apple juice bottle. <laughs> and then she adds it to her bath and she swears it moisturizes her skin and it, her skin has never felt better. Oh, God. So then she also has an eye cup that she fills with piss and then she gives herself an eye bath. Oh, an eye cup. What's an eye cup? Is that like your hair bag? What's a hair bag? You were talking about a hair bag a few weeks ago. You said what? it's not a bag made of hair. A hair bag? Your hair bag where you keep your scrunchies. Oh. <laughs> it's a bag for my hair accessories. It's not a bag made of hair. I get that. But what's an eye cup? Is it a cup full of eyes? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> okay. So, you know, when you, okay, imagine, imagine a pair of swimming goggles, but only yeah. one. Uh, and then you fill like half that goggle uh, with piss, you, like clap that over your eyes, and then you open your eye and then oh you like no. swish it around, right? Yeah. And so she says, that one's not so fun, it burns, she says. Yeah. But she does it anyway because oh. she thinks that it gives her clear, bright eyes. And then she uses a neti pot to put piss up her nose. I know about them. My husband's got one of them. I bet yeah. Paddy has several. Yeah. Salt water is what he usually uses. Well, that's what most people usually use. Yeah, to clear his nasal passages. Yes, well, she clears her nasal passages. She cleans them out with piss. And then she does. <laughs> she calls it nasal drinking because then what she does <laughs> is she <laughs> is then she gets from from the neti pot where you put you put it up one nostril so you hold one nostril oh closed you put it through but then she hot, like releases so it goes down the throat anyway oh so no. her daughters I mean, are worried that I'm not surprised oh, she's not yeah. much fun at parties is she but at least she's alive but really why yeah. So her daughters are worried that her addiction to urine is killing her and they're not sure that it's helping her cancer anymore or helping her health improve because she's been doing it for four years at okay. this point so they ask her to go to a doctor and they break down crying and say we, we've got anxiety mom you know we want you to go to a doctor please please so she says okay so she goes there and uh she says to the doctor look while I'm here like can you check out this mole on my back and it turns out like the doctor is is suspicious of this mole. But the thing is, she says, no, I'm not going to agree to a biopsy on that mole because her theory is if you cut the mole from the outside, it signals to the inside that the cancer should go bananas. And she says she won't stop taking the urine therapy and she won't have a biopsy. So I think actually there's there's something in Carrie's logic here I'm not sure I feel like she's a little bit unhinged to be honest and I don't mean to you know speak badly of her and I'm not speaking badly of her but I do think that perhaps she might she might have a few mental health issues well you say that but I did some research on urine therapy and look it is a controversial alternative cancer treatment Michelle would you say urine or urine <laughs> no one says urine can I do? Can I just need to urine in the terrine. 
Oh my god. Urine. 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 Yes, or urine. I say urine. 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 I think Aussies might say urine. Urine. Say, <laughs> urine. Are urine that? <laughs> Sorry. All right, move on. Sorry, I don't know what's happening to me. Oh, you haven't even had the red wine. I've got no. the big one in front of me. So apparently, like I said, it's it's a controversial alternative treatment for cancer that Western medicine absolutely fucking says no way. It's not not real. But three million people reportedly partake in this practice in China. Wow. It's been going oh. on in China for centuries and in Egypt too. It's like actually in medical texts from ancient Egypt and ancient Chinese, you know, history that people have been doing this. And she, Carrie, she claims that it has helped her to survive mm. cancer. And there is something in it. And there is actually a book that has been written by a guy called Tony Scazzaro. He's published this book called Drink Your Own Water, a treaty on urine therapy. I'm still laughing over here. I can't believe it. I'm so immature. Well, do you know what? Like, he says that lots of antibiotics are not effective as piss is. <laughs> he says that basically piss is a fantastic medicine and that it's God's gift to humans. Mm, and he reckons okay. people are spending billions of dollars on medical care, but you have the cure for so many things right inside you. Because he says the kidneys create antibiotics and antiseptics uh -huh. whenever the body needs them, right? right? And they are released through urine. And the medical name for urine is plasma ultrafiltrate. I didn't actually check whether that's real or not. Okay. But he says 95% of piss is water while the rest is a mixture of nutrients urea minerals enzymes antibodies and hormones and that if you drink it you're actually like giving your body medicine and he says in 1971 at the university of medicine in kyoto japan it was discovered that the antibodies in piss such as interrochin renina and prostaglandin were important hormones used to beat infections and malign tumors. Can I just ask if it's a if it's a waste product, why would you be wanting to put that waste product back in? To me it do, it doesn't make sense because your body's getting rid of it. And Michelle, we already drink pee pee. Cuz yeah. did you know here in London, Greater London oh, especially, I'm yes. right by a treatment plant. The Thames, not the Thames isn't the treatment plant. We have one near the Thames. That apparently in London, the water that you're drinking has been drunk seven times before. I heard nine and that it's been through nine people's bodies before you get your glass of water out of the tap. It's gone up. But I still drink tap water in London and, you know, hey-ho, what are you going to do? Yeah, same here. And I bathe in it. Yeah, and look, maybe Neil the Scientist might know more about this because, yes, it's a waste product, but is it actually completely a waste product or is it your body's way of saying, here, have some medicine? You're excreting this, but recycle it. Don't waste it. This is precious. Mm. I don't know. But apparently you can also use it as a cure for sore throats. So people who believe in urine therapy, claim that 
if you have like an inflamed throat, if you gargle with piss and add a bit of saffron, clears it right up. Okay. Well, jury's out on that. Jury's out on that one, Michelle. I'm not sure if I'm going to be trying urine or urine therapy anytime soon. I'm not sure if I'm sold on that one. Well, the thing is that I don't know if you've heard about this, but there are there's also like shit therapy, which is basically oh no, I have fecal transplants. Fecal transplants. They're amazing. They save lives. I have heard about those. Yes. Honestly, and I did a little bit of research into this, but basically the upshot of fecal transplants is people with something called C. difficile have, their gut flora is gone and they're basically on death's door and no amount of modern medicine will help them. But if you basically have a shit milkshake with (laughs) the shit of a healthy person. No, you don't drink it. Yeah, yeah, you can. They transplant it up your bum. Well, you could drink it or you could have oh, it like a cold. Implanted. Like, no, no, well, you have a colonic. So they shoot it right oh, up on. into That's there. That's what I thought it was. No, or you can have it dehydrated in a pill. There are many ways that you can have fecal, fecal okay. transplant. But basically, no one can replicate the gut flora of a human except other humans. So it makes absolute sense to take... The shit, which is full of amazing gut flora and all the stuff you need yeah. so from a healthy person and put it into the body of a sick person. And then that way their body can actually recover. And there's been so many studies of people who were on death's door. They have a fecal transplant and within days they are buzzing. They are on the road to recovery and they live. They live. Amazing. When they had been given a death sentence. So, you know, we laugh about urine therapy, but actually how different is it? <laughs> you do, we both did. <laughs> but is it really that different from a fecal uh, transplant? So uh, there you go. I'm still th- I'm going to think about that. Not for too long, mind you. Um, did I get that right? I don't know what you're saying. Full of shit. Well, I know a little something about unusual eating, unusual things. You know, when you're pregnant... There's this thing called pica. It's not just when you're pregnant, though. Well, it's an eating disorder where where the person craves or eats items that aren't food. And it, it they do say it is a mental health condition, but not all people with pica have a mental health condition, if you know what I mean. It's very common in children and pregnant women. And it's probably highly underreported because a lot of people aren't going to tell, you know, not like Carrie or completely out there with her urine therapy. Children with pica might hide that behaviour from their parents. But it's like kids are eating sand, you know. It's not just something sand. that's not food and it has no yeah. nutritional value. Yeah, snot. Kids who eat snot. Yeah, they eat there in snot all the time. Yeah, there you go. Or um, crayons, you know, oh, we yeah. talked about that. You know about that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so no, I definitely have heard a lot about that. So I've read somewhere that experts believe that some groups have a higher risk of developing PICA and that includes like autistic people mm-hmm. or those with other developmental conditions, pregnant women, like I said before, and people from nations where dirt eating is common. What okay. nations are those? I don't know, but you do know that our bodies are being deprived of soil-based probiotics. I have one every day. A soil-based at probiotic. Yep. We well, see there you yep. go. But we didn't used to need them when people were just 
pull up carrots from yeah. the soil, just give them a quick rinse and eat them. Exactly. That is where you get a lot of of really fantastic things for your guts from the soil. It's good to eat a bit of dirt. Well, we, we've got our little garden here where the ants are trying to munch all the seeds. And, yeah, whenever we pull up the radishes or the carrots or, you know, anything, we, we barely wash it. And half the time we don't wash it because I know that eating the soil is good. Yeah. But I don't have pica. You can give it a little wipe, can't you? But anyway, the possible side effects of this, Michelle, is broken or damaged teeth, stomach pain, bloody stools, lead poisoning. Okay. They say also say that pica could be caused by iron deficiency. So a lot of pregnant women say that, you know, they they just crave that metallic taste. Also, other pregnancy cravings can range from sugar on your spaghetti to dipping your chicken nuggets in Oreo McFlurries or ice chips, ice cubes. Jules okay. Oliver, the wife of... Jamie Oliver, the chef, she had a rubber fixation when she was pregnant and she used to chew on hot water bottles. Britney Spears fancied eating dirt during her pregnancy. Chalk's another one. Detergent. One UK woman ate over 1,000 sponges during her pregnancy and still craved them after giving birth. Then there's cigarettes. There's a lady called Alexandra T who says she wanted to chew on cigarette butts, not the actual cigarette. I know. Oh, Not the actual God. cigarette. Just the squishy end. Ooh, the squeaky oh, end God. that's usually been in someone else's mouth. No! Oh, yeah. God, that's foul. That <laughs> is so foul. She Green. says she never did it, but she really wanted to. I, that's bullshit. She did. She fucking did it. Paint. Paint. <laughs> Inhaling fumes or licking walls. Oh, God. That's Pika. Matches. Some pregnant women love the sulfuric smell, that rotten egg smell given off from matches. And one, one even sucked on used matches to satisfy her cravings. Fucking hell. Oh, my soap. God. Wash your mouth out with soap, Michelle, and have a good chomp on it as well. Wet cement. What's that going to do to <gasps> your tummy? Fuck the board about when it goes through your body. Oh, no. that, oh God, terrible. You'll be smashing up the porcelain, wouldn't you? Listen to this one. Furniture polish. A woman was first attracted to the smell of furniture polish while pregnant, ended up spraying it straight into her her mouth up to three times a day to satisfy her craving. That can't be good for you. Or the baby. What is that? I know. Oh, God. Petrol. I, I kind of get that. I, I do. No, but you can't, you can't drink petrol. No, you can't die. drink, but you can smell it. You can have a little sniff. Okay. Coal. Now, I couldn't find any good stories about coal, but I do know a story about soot. Did you know that in Jarvisbrook, Crowborough, which is in East Sussex, that there is a ghostly bag of soot which is said to haunt anybody who sees it? What do you mean? That's just a little aside. It's All a right. It's a bag of soot. It's a, the ghost of a bag of soot. <laughs> and that made legend. That's that's the only thing the town's got. Oh, let's have, let's have a legend around a bag of soot. Jarvisbrook. <laughs> The suburb of a town that has a ghostly bag of soot. (laughs) Sawdust is another one. I've got loads of it on the cage, in the bottom of my cage of the guinea pigs here, who's been now removed because they made too much noise last time. (laughs) Toilet paper. A mother from Gloucestershire, Jade Sylvester, she eats one whole roll of toilet paper every day. Do you know what? I think... On one of our little pissy nights watching My Strange Addiction, my sister and I saw an episode where a woman was like, I love 
toilet paper. And instead, when she would go to the cinema and instead of having a bag of, <laughs> bag of crisps, she'd just take a roll of bog roll. Oh my and she just rip off a square. That was her. Oh, that geez. was her snack. Her salt, not even salty snack. Just a snack. Not even salty. So this woman holds off going to the loo because she knows if she goes, she'll eat the paper. <laughs> <laughs> she says she usually eats around eight pieces per visit. Sometimes I go to the bathroom. She says just to get some toilet roll. It does fill me up quite a bit. At first, I used to eat a couple of squares at a time, but I keep eating more and more. <sighs> now, that's the end of all of that stuff but I spoke to my husband just before I came in here and I said oh it's on strange addictions you got anything for me (laughs) and he says (laughs) he said that when he was about eight or nine he had a real fixation for foam mattresses and he used to tear (gasps) off a little bit of foam mattress he loved the feeling of it going down into his throat But he didn't want to swallow it, so he tied it to a piece of string and he'd pull it back up again. So, (laughs) wow. And I said to him, I wonder what quirks our little children are up to. I wonder what they're eating and And hiding from you because they're not going to tell you, are they? No. You have to be quite forensic to find these things out. Well, do you know what? I did a little research on on Pika, not much, but like you said earlier, um, deficiency in iron or zinc or Mm. anemia can be the underlying cause in pregnant women. Also, like you said, mental health conditions can trigger this. Schizophrenia, Mm. OCD, and people use it as a coping mechanism. So often I think trauma triggers this. And also there is a thing called geophagia, but that's Mm. specifically related to eating clay. Yeah, if you're malnourished, you may also develop pica. So, you know, keep an eye on keep an eye on that shit. Right. Yeah. Why are you crying? Drop it. Well, I've got a woman from Tennessee. Her name's Casey. She's 26 and she oh, definitely just, to, just give me a moment just to prepare myself, Michelle. <laughs> and I think, you know, I don't know what she's going to say. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say, but I think that we probably need a trigger warning right here. Don't eat people. We, no, it's a juice dropper. So <laughs> basically, um, this is actually an episode my sister and I did watch. So again, Steph, apologies. I'm going to just have to recap here. But... Casey, 26, from Tennessee, she's addicted to carrying round the urn that contains the ashes of her dead husband, Sean. No, no. Right? No, 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 no. So, look, they were married for two and a half years and Sean was the absolute love of Casey's life. Like, they were blissfully happy. You know, she'd never met anyone who just lit her up inside. You know, she it was <laughs> the happiest two, two and a half years of her life. Sorry, but I know where he is now. Well, he's in an urn. He's, he's in a box. And so Sean suffered a severe asthma attack and sadly died you know, Aww, prematurely. That is tragic. Yeah. And and poor old Cassie, she Casey, sorry. It's it's spelt C A S I E, but I think she pronounces it Casey. She got addicted to taking Sean everywhere. So mm. she you know, she put him in the car and she'd strap him in in the seatbelt. 
She, you know, just had him in the house. She'd go out shopping, pop him in the shopping trolley, go to the movies. She'd buy a second seat and pop him <laughs> there, share the popcorn with him. You know, they would watch TV at home and she'd talk to him like, oh, babe, look at this. Oh, what a joke. You know, oh, like she, you saw her, saw her actually talking. She'd take him to restaurants and buy a second meal that she didn't eat. She'd take him to bed. She'd kiss him goodnight. Good night, love oh. you, darling. All of that. So anywhere she went, he went to. And really, she would just talk to him as if he was still alive. And oh, she would dear. kiss the urn before she went to sleep. When she goes grocery shopping, she would buy the food he likes and then she would cook a meal. She doesn't eat the meal. She just cooks it for him. She pops him in a seat, cooks the meal, puts it in front of him. In a way, that's a little bit like, you know, when in some cultures you make offerings, don't you? You have a shrine in your home to remember your your loved ones who've passed and your ancestors and you will make food and put it there. So it's not that crazy. No, not that crazy. And look, I say an urn, but it's not an urn shape. It's like this kind of square box. So quite easy to carry. And it doesn't immediately look like some weird urn. But anyway, she she walks around and people say to her, oh, what are you carrying? And she's like, ah, it's just my husband. And people think she's joking, but, you know, she's serious. Like, it's it's him. And there's a picture of him on top of of the box urn, right? And she said she just gets comfort from having her husband with her all the time. And she knows that she's addicted to carrying him around. But the addiction did evolve into something more. And yes. I wonder what it could be. You guessed it. (laughs) One day when she was carrying around the ashes, uh, which, like I said, they're they're in this box, but there's obviously like a cardboard box inside the box. And... She kind of like opened it up and uh, some ashes got on her hands and she just sort of thought, well, I don't want to wipe off these ashes because that's my husband. So she thought, hmm, well, I'll just just give it, I'll just lick my fingers. So she just gave it a little lick and she was away. She was gone. That's it. She's scooping it up. Yep. Spooning it in. Two months later, she she He's couldn't gone. stop eating the ashes of her dead he, husband. He's all gone. Yeah. Well, no, she <laughs> was she wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't all gone in two months, but he was getting there. <laughs> and look, I'm not joking. Like seriously, you see, I'm sorry. They, they show these pictures of her, like. With the bag of ashes open and she's dipping her fingers in there like it's a whiz fizz. And it just, it wasn't great. So, and she, she, you know, talks about her technique. So basically she licks her finger, then dips her finger into the ashes and then swirls it around. So it's all caked on her finger. And then she just gives it a good old lick. And she does this. Well, at that point, she was doing it five to six times per day. But oh, actually, God. she was doing it way more because you see, you see the she's in there like she's watching TV and it's it's like she's eating candy, but she's get, licking a finger, putting it in, swirling it around, giving it a suck. So that's tough. That is a tough one for me to get my head around. And and also, previously on this podcast, we have talked about when you had put your hand your hand in a bag of ashes. I was going to raise that. Yeah. Because I, I will never forget that feeling. It is yeah. burned into my hand. Yeah. And we did talk about that it was greasy and that there were bits and 
I, I look at your face. Like, <laughs> I, I know you're, you're quite upset talking about this. But, you know, it wasn't pleasant. And look, and she said at the beginning, it didn't taste pleasant either. She said it tasted no. like rotten eggs, sand oh. and sandpaper. But she says she's going to love the taste. Oh, and she said, you know, it started off as her not wanting to let go of her husband. And now she's eating him. So... More than that, she says she's put on 42 pounds since her husband oh passed away. Oh, my God. And the only thing she's really eating is his ashes. It's him. Yeah. Oh. So he's kind of making her fat. So I ate my husband and he made me fat. 42 pounds. That's a lot, isn't it? Wow. Is, are you sure she's not digging into all those extra meals that she's making for him? Maybe. Maybe she doesn't want to admit to that on in public. Yeah. <laughs> She'll eat, admit to eating <laughs> But she's happy husband. to admit that she's eating him, yes. Yeah. So she, she said that every time she opens the urn box, she gets a sense of happiness and a bit of an adrenaline rush. And that That's not going to last she, long, is it, the way she's digging in? No. And she knows this. And she says the more she eats, the more she exci- the more excited she gets. Until, like you say, she realises, fuck, there's not... She's at the bottom of the bag. (laughs) Bottom of the barrel. There's not a lot left. And then she also says, to be fair, that after she kind of tucks into eating the ashes, she actually feels terrible and she feels really ashamed and really not good because she's like, I'm eating my dead husband. So she does have awareness of what she's doing. Mm. And, um, And she says she feels embarrassed and... And she said she feels crazy and a bit sick at what she's doing. And she knows oh that she dear. has to stop eating him because she says once she's eaten him and it's all gone, all the ashes are gone, she's literally licked out every single corner of that that urn. She says she's lost him once and she doesn't want to then think, I've lost him twice and it's my fault the second time this around. Is a- this is an impossible situation for poor Casey. I know. And she said she doesn't know how she's going to cope with an empty urn. Lord. So, yeah, I I looked online about, you know, what happened to poor Casey and if she ever received any help and if she ate the whole box. But nothing. No There's joy. no follow-up. So, look, if anyone can find any update on Casey, I'd love to know what happened to her because I think she probably would have suffered a mental breakdown if she got to the bottom of the barrel. Can you be sure that these episodes and these stories and this TV show is actually factual and it's real based on real people or is it just here's a thousand bucks? Can you pretend? I'm just going to give you some grey some gray candy to eat. <laughs> I'm going to give you some yellow water to like put in your eyeballs. And they're just pretending. Maybe it's all for show. Like the Sun newspaper and, you know, some of those stories that we read in the Daily Star. Look, I don't know because with the case of Carrie, who drank her own piss, she actually was very upset at the way the TV show portrayed her because she said, listen... I you you make me out to be a crazy person but I'm actually doing this as a form of cancer therapy and she was not happy at the way she was portrayed so look I do think there are real people with real problems quite frankly I don't know why the fuck you would go on a tv show and say I drink my own piss but hey ho maybe you do get money for going on the show and that's why people do it I don't know Mm -hmm. potentially yes maybe there are some fake stories this woman I it didn't seem fake. It really didn't. And then look, I've got one more story. Okay. 
And this... Now, I don't know how much worse it can get, Michelle, but I'm pretty sure you've saved the best till last. (laughs) Well, do you know what? I actually think poor old Casey is probably the best. The best. And I didn't save her for last because I do think that it is related to Pika, this this eating disorder. Her thing. Yeah, but what I did say for last is Margaret, 53, from Kentucky. and That's that's the magic age, isn't it? It seems like everything happens in your early 50s. So, you know, people out there who are hitting that age, just saying, beware. (laughs) It's coming. It's coming. Anyway, so poor old Margaret, 53, from Kentucky, she is not addicted to any kind of food. This is not Pika. She's addicted to bee stings. Oh. Yeah. She is addicted to stinging herself with bees. She doesn't have any reaction to it because some people have a deadly reaction. Yeah, me. I have. Do you? I would say when I was much younger, I I definitely had to go to hospital if I ever had a bee sting. Certainly, I I think it's eased with age because I got stung a few years ago. Andres when I and I were out playing golf, and I picked up my golf club and I got stung by a bee. And I mean, I had a really bad reaction. You know, the arm, my arm sw- was really swollen, and I could see this weird line going up towards up my arm towards you know my veins oh, no. and I thought fuck this is really dangerous I need to keep an eye yeah. on this and we're an hour from any hospital and I was crying saying Andreas I'm fucking scared like mm. you know keep we've got to keep an eye on this but it stopped and actually it was fine and I thought okay this okay. is really good to know that I don't need that I'm not going to have an anaphylactic shock it gets worse Every time you get stung. So if you've had oh, one shoot. now, Michelle, that means you should be carrying... An anaphylactic pen. Yeah. Right. Okay. You need to carry one of those. So, for example, mm. we went to Germ- We used to go to Germany to Paddy's brother's place. The raft. We were mm. on the raft and there was loads of wasps around. And one German lady was sitting there with um, Paddy's sister. And we were having breakfast and one stung her on the lip, I think, or in the mouth. I ran back because we hadn't left kind of wasn't in the middle of the lake yet. I ran back and got an onion for some reason because somebody said, oh, onions can put the sting down. It was really bothering her. She was touching it a lot. Paddy was saying we were in the middle of the lake by now. Paddy was saying to her, have you ever had stings before that have reacted? She said, yeah, once on my hand and there was a lump. He's like, get in that in that little rowboat. I'm taking you back to shore now, 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 now. So he got her in the rowboat with her friend, yeah. rowed her back to shore, told her friend to drive her to the nearest hospital, so to the nearest doctor. She went to the doctor straight away. By then, the mouth was starting to swell. <sighs> they put her in an air ambulance. They managed to get there just as her throat was closing to give no. her the shot that she needed. Fuck. The next day, she came round to say, thank you, you saved my life. Yeah. So you carry a pen. Yeah, you, you just don't know how you're going to react, do you, at all? Well, if you have had a reaction yeah, once before, then you can guarantee that it will get worse next time. Fuck, I didn't I know think. That. I may be wrong, but that's what I heard. Okay, I need to do some investor Googling on that. Yeah, please do. Please Maybe do. Neil the Scientist has some answers. We'll see. Neil. <laughs> he needs so, his own ditty. He does. So... Margaret, she's addicted to these bee stings and she gets a slight bit of swelling, but nothing too much. So she has bees. She keeps bees. 
and she will and, and it's it's amazing you see her with these pincers and she will select a bee and she'll put it on her skin and she will sort of press the bee into her skin and Aww. until it stings her and then the bee dies well that's it yeah the bee does die bitch <laughs> there's this really tragic piece of footage where she's there and not joking she's playing the flute like (laughs) playing the flute to the bees and then you see her just break down and crying like in tears going (laughs) because she knows that she's killing the bees she has to kill one absolutely tragic but anyway she doesn't care because she gets this bee and she will put it anywhere on her body so hips elbows fingers ankle forehead tip of her nose doesn't matter she puts the bees everywhere and she stings herself sort of between 15 and 20 times a day that's that many bees no wonder they're disappearing yeah and she reckons she stings herself more than 100 times a week and since her addiction she's given herself more than 50,000 stings that's a lot of dead bees that's a lot of dead bees. I'm not happy about that. I mean, I mm. know I've been killing some moths, but that I don't think I'm killing. I'm killing probably about three grubs and two live moths a day at the moment. I don't think so. I think you're. I think that's bullshit. I think you're in there, whacking them, killing them. Five, maybe <laughs> five grubs, two, but only about two to three moths a day. Only oh, two. Right, to, I okay. actually killed one with my bare hands earlier. I was that angry. Oh God! Oh. Get out of my bags of rice. But you know, bees are saving the planet. So she, I know, she really needs to think of what she's doing but anyway yeah I don't like this yeah I'm angry it's not it's not nice and look she's been doing it for 10 years and it started sort of in her early 40s and she said it all started quite innocently where she she had arthritis and she went online and she did some googling and she saw that bee stings can actually sort of reduce the the pain of arthritis so she thought fuck it I'll I'll give it a go Mm. and um so she stung herself and she thought oh this doesn't feel as bad as I thought it would a little bit like when poor old Carrie drank the piss and went oh I didn't throw up all right let's keep going (laughs) so she did it again and you know she started off it was just the odd sting and now you know it's like 15 stings or more a day and she likes she's done all sorts of like uh, research on trigger points and she will pop a bee on various trigger points and so she's really you know she's into it and she even has like this vacuum where she traps the bees she's selfish she well and then she has a, a jar that she keeps bees in her, and she puts it in a like handbag so because she so never ever wants yeah she never wants to be without bees oh, so she God. can give herself a little sting wherever she is she does say that she tries to choose older bees that are at the end of their life cycle and she she tries not to like kill the younger ones because you know she has got an awareness of what she's doing but also she has no intention of stopping and wow you know she says she's she knows that she's addicted she knows it's obsessed and her husband was like he's really worried that you know having that much bee toxin sort of in her body. No one has any clue what this does to you over a prolonged period. And she, and you know, because she wakes up in the middle of the night and she's like, I need a sting, 
you know, it really oh is like quite an addiction. That is full on. And yeah. and he said to her, well, you know, like, I really want you to get help. And she's like, honey, after 10, ski- uh, after 10 stings, the sex is great. You can't. Oh, my god! I gosh. know. So, like, it's kind of a bit gross. So, anyway, the husband makes her go to the doctor. And the doctor is also sort of concerned because, you know, of long-term effects of all these toxins. But she said, I'm not going to give up because he's like, come on, you've got to really stop this. And, mm. you know, what I sort of put this down to is it's basically self-harm. You know, mm. she's mm. self-harming except she's she's using bees. And yeah. so I – there is no upshot to this. And, I, again, I tried looking up, like, what's happened yeah. to poor old Casey and, and – no, not Casey – What's Who's her name? Margaret. One? Margaret. Oh, yeah, and, Margaret. And the bees. And there is there yeah. is no follow-up. So I can only assume she's either kept going or she's dead. Or it's fake. I don't – no, 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 no. You actually see her getting the tweezers and putting oh. it on her skin. And she said she has had um, infections where she's left the stinger in in her skin. It's oh. it, That did not seem fake. But yeah, so there you go, my strange addictions. Now that's a sweet ride. Juice dropper. Now that's a sweet ride. Juice dropper. I'm confused. Don't Don't drop drop your your juice. Juice Juice dropper. Well, that was thoroughly stomach churning. Thank you, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Anyway. But at least we learnt that you need to be careful and carry an EpiPen. It's called an EpiPen. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. I should look into that. And it's not self-harming when you're harming others as well. Well, she's basically harming the entire planet by killing 50,000 bees. I'm not happy about that. No, it's not good. Well, there you go, Steph. I hope I hope you enjoyed the uh, My Strange Addictions ep. Especially for you. <laughs> and the other eavesdroppers, of course. Well, Michelle, that's us for this episode. I hope that no one dropped their juice. I know, Joe's dropper. Until next time, I guess everyone should just stay stay beautiful and keep eavesdropping, 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 eav